You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Matthew chapter 11, we're only reading three verses, 28, 29, and 30 of Matthew and chapter 11. Let's rise up for the reading of God's word, Matthew chapter 11. We're reading from verse 28 to verse 30. Jesus is speaking here. And he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus came to give us rest. Right from the beginning, we've established over the last few weeks that man was created for and born into the rest of God. But Adam lost that rest through the fall, and since then, man has had to labor to even have a pseudo-rest, a false rest. In fact, part of the judgment upon man was that now that he had fallen, he would labor by the toil of his hands and the sweat of his brow. Would he be able to get any form of harvest out of the ground? But Jesus came to restore rest to us. He gives rest. Somebody go ahead and give God the praise. In this text, it reveals that however to access this rest, there has to be a divine exchange because he talks about you taking his yoke and his burden, which are both easy and light. There is a divine exchange to enjoy and function in the rest of God. You have to make this divine exchange. Can I prophesy early in this message that there's going to be a divine exchange in this house this Sunday morning and even later for anybody watching this in the mighty name of Jesus there's going to be a switch there's going to be a shift there's going to be a turning around your weakness is going to give way to strength your lowliness is going to disappear as you rise high in the name of Jesus we have been laboring under heavy laden burden for too long it's time for rest toiling and straining it's time for rest burning and burning out it's time for rest Jesus said come and learn of me it's time to learn how to function from the rest of God you are not created for stress you are created for rest hallelujah Mighty Father, send the anointing that makes preaching, teaching, sharing your word easy, O oh God. I yield myself over to you. I rest in you. Speak that which you have already spoken. Speak through me. Do that which you have already done. Establish that which you have already established. Let there be true liberation 
in this house. Thank you, Lord. For every hearer that believes, confirm the word with signs and wonders following in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated as you whisper under the sound of your voice, function from rest, function from rest, the subject of my meditation. We read in the book of Luke, I have quite a bit of ground to cover, so I am going to move at a uh, fast pace, um, but stay with me and let God speak to you powerfully. In the book of Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 7, we read the story of where Jesus had borrowed Peter's, Simon Peter's boat, and had preached from Simon Peter's boat, and then he, after he had finished preaching, he told Simon that he should launch into the deep and cast out his net to catch further fish. Then Simon replied in verse 5 of Luke chapter 5, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Hallelujah. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. What does it mean to toil? To toil is to labor, to work extremely hard incessantly, to do your very best. He had done his very best to give your all, to move slowly because of the, how hard the work is and with difficulty. It is exhausting physical labor. Synonyms for toil include working hard, working one's finger to the bone till they are bleeding, working like a Trojan, work like a dog, work day and night, exert oneself, keep at it, keep one's nose to the grindstone, grind away, slave away, plow away, work one sucks off, knock oneself out, sweat blood, labor. This is what Simon said he had done, that he had toiled all night and caught nothing. For all your labor, you have nothing to show for it. Sweating from morning till night, yet no results. So for all your legalism, you still have no lasting benefit. Done all you know to do and yet no breakthrough. Am I talking to anybody this Sunday morning? This is what Simon had done. He had toiled all night and had nothing to show for it. Simon exemplifies the category of people in our pilot text who are laboring and are heavy laden. Labor, but heavy laden. Your life seems like a ceaseless cycle of labor. Bills, bills, bills in the UK. Oh, I owe, and off to work I go. It seems I'm under, am I preaching to anybody this Sunday morning? Uh, Some of us might have secretly rejoiced when there was a lockdown because you thought that working from home was going to be easier. But now you found out that working from home is not easier. It's even hard. Am I talking to anybody? I don't know about you. It seemed as if my work quadrupled in the lockdown. There was no start time, no close time. It was from morning to night and sometimes overnight just working and working and working so demanding and I did not have the relief of physical contact with other people outside my whole household. That fellowship that brings some refreshing was absent. It was time. It was
was laboring all night and catching nothing. Am I talking to anybody this Sunday morning? I don't know about you. It felt like everybody wants a piece of you. Uh, everybody wants you to do this, do that. Uh, you haven't called me. You haven't checked upon me. You haven't prayed for me. Uh, yet I'm praying all day, all night uh, for your breakthrough, for your liberation, for your healing. And yet it's not enough. Walking all night and seemingly catching nothing. You see, the problem with Simon's labor was not even so much the labor, it was that he caught nothing. That was what was painful about it, because if he had at least caught something, he would have been happy. Am I talking to anybody? Are you with me this Sunday morning? If I could at least show you some fish that I caught, uh, some harvest that I have, then maybe the labor would make sense. But if I didn't catch anything, uh, then I feel even worse off. Hallelujah. If I caught something, then maybe I would be satisfied or placated. But to catch nothing is worse. Putting so much work into the relationship, and yet it's not working. Whew. 50 applications per day. Doctrine my CV to fit each possible opportunity. And still no invitation to an interview. Giving so much to this child, sacrificing morning, day and night to see this child grow and yet there's no appreciation whatsoever from the child. If anything, the child abuses me and walks off, toiling all night and catching nothing. Whew. Now I'm tired. I'm tired. Drained, exhausted, with nothing really to show for my labor. There's no reward for effort in real life. You know, we have all these wonderful schools where they give you a, a certificate for participation, an award for putting in some effort. In real life, there's no award for putting in effort for sweating, for laboring. The awards and the, uh, the, the praise and the accolade and the rewards come from delivering results. They come from delivering results. So you can imagine, after all my sweat, sweating, sweat, sweating, blood, giving, sacrificing, selling personal possessions to invest in the work, and yet I can't see the appreciable results. Oh my goodness, it feels bad. I'm tired. Is anybody tired under the sound of my voice? Exhausted. I know in church we've got to pre pretend and pre 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 behave ourselves and like, nah, it is well with my soul. I'm blessed. Nothing is wrong. Nobody wants to admit that they are tired. 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 Yet Jesus is saying, launch into the deep. He's telling me to go again. But I just finished toiling all night. I lost sleep. And here I am, toiling. And you're telling me, 
to go again. Do you understand? I, I, I gave everything that I thought I had to give. I finally resigned myself to my fate that I have no ha harvest, that I have nothing to show for it. I'm cleaning up my necks, getting ready to go home and have myself a self-pity party. And here Jesus says, I should go again. You've been laboring. And Jesus says, go again. Laboring. And having heavy laden. Our pilot text says that Jesus said, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden. What does it mean to be heavy laden? Is there anybody heavy laden? under the sound of my voice. Yeah. To be heavy laden is to be overloaded with too much to do, stretched and strained, pulled to the limits, at the breaking point. To be heavy laden, to be heavy laden. You know how it is when you, 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 you enter, you're about to enter an elevator and typically either on the outside or immediately on the inside of the envelope, uh, elevator, you see that notice that says that um, maximum um, number of people is 10 and then possibly they put a particular kilogram um, there that no, the, the, no, nothing should enter this elevator that is higher than this weight um, 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 uh, figure. Is, does anybody? You understand that? You've seen that before. And so it tells you that this is the maximum weight that it can carry. It can only take 10 people. It can only take 1,000 kilograms because they've done their tests and they've, they've come to the conclusion that the load-bearing capacity of this elevator is 1,000 uh, kilograms. Now, if this elevator is meant to only carry 10 people and 25 people somehow squeeze themselves into that elevator, and that elevator has just become heavy laden because you have put more weight on it than its capacity to bear, than its capacity to carry. The ox has been tested and proven to be able to carry the maximum load of 50 kilograms. But then somebody decides to put 100 kilograms upon this ox. At that point in time, the ox has become heavy laden. More has been placed upon it than its load-bearing capacity. To be heavy laden is to be given more than your load-bearing capacity. Is there anybody heavy laden under the sound of my voice? I know the scripture says that he will not allow anything come my way, that he will, that he will not create a way of escape that I might be able to bear it. But in my emotions, in my feelings, I don't know about you, it looks like I'm carrying a load that is higher than my capacity. I am laboring and I am heavy laden. Heavy laden. Heavy laden. 
The elder brother in the story of the prodigal son was heavy laden. Oh, how do I know that he was heavy laden? Because when the prodigal came home and the father was rejoicing and, and covering his, his son with glory and honor and all of these things, because that's what grace does. Grace is not a reward. Grace is a gift. The elder brother became incensed, refusing to come back home uh, because in his mind he was heavy laden. He was thinking in his mind, I've been laboring, I've been toiling, I've been giving, I've been serving, I've been sacrificing, and yet I'm unrewarded for all of my effort. Oh yes, yes you see. Uh, this is the situation of this elder brother because uh, uh, what makes labor and being heavy laden uh, uh, really painful is when the reward you are getting seems to be not commensurate with the input that you are putting in. So, as in this guy's mind, I've been serving all these years, and the results that I am being given for all of my service is so minimal. Uh, and so he felt unrewarded, and he was still living with this. Uh, but you see, people that have the mindset of the elder brother, uh, the truth be told, uh, they fall into the trap of drawing their only satisfaction from comparing themselves with others. Or oh, I don't know whether you hear me what I'm saying. So even though he felt he wasn't getting all the reward that he should be getting in his his own mindset, he was willing to still live with that until, until he saw his younger brother that had not done any work as far as he was concerned, had put in no effort on no labor, seemingly getting the reward that he thought that he deserved. Oh uh, yeah, so he, all of a sudden the little satisfaction he drew from comparing himself with others and thinking that at least I'm better, better than so and so, at least I've got this, that, and the other, disappeared in a moment because his comparison with his younger brother was now no longer favorable. You see, people with this mindset find themselves trapped with comparison, comparing themselves with other people. As long as my brother is not better off than me, as long as we are in the same boat, I'm okay. But the day your brother seems to be better off than you or gets a reward that you feel like you are more deserving of, you are no longer okay. <laughs> Oh, I see this in church so often. You see somebody get up and give a testimony and, and, and the, the rapturous applause that follows is somewhat muted because there are people that are thinking, why did he get that and not me? I serve more than him. I give more than him. I'm more faithful than How could he have got that and not me? So it's like, God, this isn't fair. Uh, yeah, you don't, need to pretend, you don't need to acknowledge because it just might be you I'm talking about. Uh, because sometimes when you compare yourself with somebody else uh, and you think that that person is now better off than you, uh, what then happens is that your burden that was bearable before now becomes heavy laden. 
laden. What was 50 kilograms before now feels like 100 kilograms. Simply because you looked across at your brother. Mary and Martha. Martha was heavy laden. Martha, Mary's older sister, uh, was also heavy laden. She was laboring in the kitchen for Jesus and his disciples. Uh, but what made that labor, heavy laden labor, was that Mary was seated at Jesus' feet instead of working with her in the Am I talking to anybody? She was happy to labor and serve Jesus, but what made it painful for her was that her sister was not with her in the labor. She compared herself and felt that this is not fair. Those that labor and are heavy laden are pushed into a competitive spirit, constant comparisons, and draw their only satisfaction from comparing themselves favorably against others. The moment they don't compare favorably in their own eyes against others, there will be trouble. <laughs> Those who are caught up in the cycle of toiling all night and catching nothing, who are laboring and are heavy laden, are prone to burn out. The older brother said, I'm not coming home. This is too much. This is insult on injury. I'm not coming home. It's enough. I'm done. I'm done. I quit. I ain't giving no more. I'm not serving no more. I'm not moving on anymore. I am done. Burnout. Those that labor and are heavy laden, trapped in the consequential mindsets that's attached to that, will often burn out. But, but this Sunday morning, I've come with the antidote to burn out. Woo! I've come to the an with the antidote to burn out. Oh, you better hear me good. You better help hear me real. I've come to deliver you from burning out. And what's painful to me is that so many people that need to hear this are not even online and are not in, in person. The burnout has already caused them to be isolated from their healing. But that devil is a liar. Even by the Spirit right now, I call them back to the house of God. I come, call them back to the Word of God. Uh, you've burnt out, but you are about to be reignited. I prophesy there's going to be a revival. There's going to be a rekindling. There's going to be a, a reawakening in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's why those of you that are hearing this message cannot afford to keep it to yourself. You've got to become the catalyst. Uh, as you catch the fire, you spread the fire. You send it to your brother. You send it to your sister. You say, it's enough of this burnout. It's time to come back. Hallelujah. Because you are carrying a load heavier than your load-bearing capacity. You are heavy laden, and it's just a matter of time before you burn out. Whew. Those that labor and are heavy laden, not functioning out of the rest of God, are candidates for burnout, and in fact, they are already burning out. They just don't know it. It's just a matter of time. 
And there are too many candidates for burnout in the church today. Working hard, but about to burn out. And my heart goes out to every single one in that situation today. And I dare say, I have been one. Are you burning out? Are you burning out? What makes something burn out? It is when there is more fire than fuel. It is when there is more demand than supply. Is when there is no oxygen to fuel the fire any longer. Nothing for the fire to consume anymore. Too many believers are burning out. There's an unspoken of pandemic in the body of Christ today, and it is the pandemic of burnout. Too many believers all over the body of Christ and the church, far and wide, are quietly burning out. These last 18 months has demanded more of us than we thought we had the load-bearing capacity to carry. The demand outstripped the supply. And the truth be told, many people are burning out or are indeed burnt out because of it. There were tasks that we did easily in service of God without a second thought. But now with the strain of the pandemic and the total life-altering ex experience of our status quo, the most menial tasks have become greatly laborious. Getting up to church, to go to church, wasn't an issue before. You did it without a thought. Traveling a distance to be in the house of God, not a big deal. Uh, getting up to pray, that was life. Studying God's word, like eating. Serving, giving your best, didn't think about it. Taking huge sums out of your hard-earned cash to give to the work of the Lord, with joy and cheerfulness, you are a cheerful giver. Making sacrifices was run of the mill. I do it with, I'm not even bothered. I do it with great joy, with excitement, exuberance. But all of a sudden, all the simple regular tasks of before have become too much to do now because we are burnt out, burning out. I can't give anymore. I don't have any more to give. Whew. Am I talking to anybody? Yeah, let's be real, let's be real. 
I've, I've given, I've given, I've given, I've served, I've served, I've sacrificed, I've sacrificed, I've sacrificed. And, 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 and now the pandemic, now the lockdown, now the distance, and now no encouragement, now no care, now no comfort. I'm burnt out. I can't give no more. Now to even just tune in online for service. To tune in online for service has become too hard. You who used to travel 45 minutes, one hour plus to go to church, spend three hours in church, not because service was three hours long, but because you fellowship before and you fellowship after. And then you still spend the same 45, one hour, one hour plus to go back home. And it was not an issue for you, but to wake up on Sunday morning and tune on online and watch the word of God is now laborious. You're burning out, you just don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the shoe fits, wear it. So what's the solution to the burnout? Now, there are two natural solutions that I'm first of all going to give before I quickly give you the supernatural solution. The first natural solution to burnout is what we call division of labor. The adequate division of labor ensures that no one is carrying more than they should be carrying. So if I have a load that is too big for me to carry, I now find others to divide the load amongst. And therefore, because no one is carrying more than they can carry, we don't burn out. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? This is why even though the scripture says in the book of Galatians in chapter 6, I believe, that each man will bear his own burden, he still says, bear ye one another's burden. Because it is by us sharing the load, division of labor, that no one burns out. But for there to be an adequate division of labor, there has to be an adequate number of people to divide the load amongst. Now, if I don't have enough people to divide the load amongst what happens. I end up having to carry more load than I'm supposed to be carrying. And this should get you to start to realize that when you absent yourself from service, it's not just yourself that you are affecting. You are actually increasing the load from the few that remain. And then you are actually the one pushing them towards burnout. You thought you weren't complicit in the burnout of your brother? Maybe your complicity in the burnout of your sister is because you refused to carry your own portion of the load. So that sister, that brother had to carry more than it was his load-bearing capacity and he's been struggling and now he's teetering at the point of burning out. The division of labor is not just in the load that is carried, but in the time allot allotment or schedule. So what happens, therefore, is that I carry the load now, knowing that when it's time for me to rest, I pass the load on to you, you carry it, and I rest. All right, it's like a tag team event. <laughs> Does anybody remember WWW World Wrestling Federation? You know what I'm talking about. And there's a tag team, and it's your turn to be in the net. 
sweat and you're fighting the enemy and he's giving you your blow, blows, you're giving him some blows. And then you get to that point where you realize, I need my partner to come in. And what do you do? You run to the edge where your partner is and you tag your partner and your partner comes in and you go out to catch your breath. The problem in the body of Christ is that some of us have been in the ring. We've been taking blows from the enemy and giving him blows and now we realize that I need just a little bit of a break for my brother to take over and you run to your side and your brother is nowhere to be found. He's refusing to tag in. And now I'm burning out in the ring. Whew. It's time for us to come back to the place of service. Virtually every one of my leaders of departments in this church have the same pain and complaint. I don't have people. Pastor, I'm having to do it all by myself. And a lot of time I turn around and say to them, join my club. I'm carrying more than I'm supposed to be carrying because we all need to step up and carry. We need more volunteers in children's church. We need more volunteers in media. Last week, Sunday, I was looking for media members. I could only see two. Trying to handle the streaming, the cameras, running up and down cameras. Where are the laborers? No wonder Jesus said in praying about the end time harvest, don't so much pray about the harvest. The harvest is ready, plenty. Pray that the Lord will send laborers. Men and women that are willing to go and make the sacrifice. How did we become about convenience? I don't understand. I don't get it. The division of labor is also about sharing the load in time. The second natural solution, I could sit there for a while, but time already forbids me, and I really want to get somewhere. Whew. The second antidote, antidote to burning out is taking a break. Taking a break is another natural human solution to burning out. We use a break as a time to rest, to catch our breath. But the problem with taking a break is that sometimes even taking a break doesn't solve the problem. Especially if you waited too long to take the break. You need to be careful about taking a break because sometimes taking a break leads to breaking up. Hello. Oh yes, you need to be careful. Oh, I've counseled multiple couples and sometimes they say, oh, Pastor, we just need to take a break. And immediately I hear that the alarm bells go off, the red flags go up. I say, hey, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about this break you want to take. Is this a, a break to catch your breath, to revive yourself and come back? Or is this the prelude to a break up? You need to be careful about taking a break because sometimes taking a break is simply getting ready to break up. 
For taking a break to be healthy, it has to be a bit earlier than the breaking point. What do I mean? You don't wait till you are gasping to take a break. In other words, you plan and schedule your breaks into your whole schedule so that you know when you are going to take that break. And it is time. There's a time frame for the, for the break with a commitment to come back. If you wait till you are gasping and about to break down, that break might be a break up. Because then you associate your near-death experience with the work you were doing before. And who wants to go back to something that almost killed them? Nobody. Hallelujah. So there has to be it has to be planned, it has to be timed, and there has to be a commitment to come back, okay? These are natural solutions that are good and they should be employed when necessary, but there is a higher level, there's a higher level that's going to make you burn out proof. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, we read of the angel of the Lord appearing in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and the bush, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will not turn aside, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Oh my goodness. Stay with me, people. It was actually a natural phenomenon in the desert to see a bush burning because of the heat. So normally Moses would not have given this a second thought. But there was something different about this burning bush. It was burning but it was not being consumed. It was burning but it was not burning out. Moses himself described it as a great sight to behold. That this bush was burning and yet it was not consumed yet it was not burning out. How was this possible? How could this bush be burning and yet not consumed? Where was its fuel coming from? What was the source of its sustenance? The reason the bush was burning and yet not consumed was because the bush was not really what was burning, even though it looked like it was the bush that was burning. It was what was in the bush that was burning. Oh, it looks like I am the one on fire this Sunday morning, but it's not really me that's on fire. It's he that is in me that's on fire. So I'm not consumed. Oh, you don't hear me, what I'm saying. The presence of the Lord in the bush set it ablaze, yet the fuel that was burning was not the leaves, was not the branches of the bush. The fuel was from a divine source, an unseen source, a supernatural and spiritual source. It was a fuel from a limitless source, for our God is limitless. He is without boundaries or barriers. He is the bottomless well. Our God is inexhaustible. 
and inexpendable. No matter how much you consume or take out of him, it will be as if you took nothing from him. Ah, so this bush was burning and it could not be consumed. Oh yes, to burn something out, it takes time. It takes time from when it starts to burn and when it finally burns out. But our God does not live inside of time. Time lives inside of him. Therefore, when God came into that bush, there was no time where God was. He lives outside of time. So there was no time for the bush to burn out. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? When God is with you, you don't burn out because you're not operating in your own strength and by your own fuel. You are operating by the fuel and the strength of the Lord. If you believe me what I'm saying, come and shout yeah. If you are able to tap into the same divine source of fuel so you cannot burn out no matter how much is taken from you. I've realized because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not always functioning in this realm, but there have been many times in my life where I functions in this realm and people have asked me, how do you keep on keeping on? I couldn't go through half of what you go through and still get up the next morning and get up and preach and get up and pray and get up and serve with everything that's happening, with all the craziness in the world. How do you keep on well, you don't realize I have a fuel source. I have a fuel source that's not in the natural realm. It's God that's working in me to will and to do of his good pleasure. Oh, Jesus, in John chapter 4, he went and he talked to that woman at the well. The disciples brought food to him and they offered him food. And he said, no, 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 I don't need to eat anymore. And they couldn't understand it because they were hungry and they had been without food for quite a while then Jesus said I have food from another source that you don't know about that's not natural that sustains me that protects me from burnout is anybody hear me what I'm saying this Sunday morning ah my shokobariada I get ahead of myself but my time is done and I have to bring this into a close I need to quickly let you know that the rest that we are talking about and that we have been talking about throughout this month is not a cessation of activity oh no 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 sir this rest still has activity in it at very least it has the activity of tending and keeping it as Adam was told to do in the beginning and I preached that two Sundays ago so it's not sleep it's not doing anything so what is this rest this rest is functioning from the finished work of God and being sustained and supplied for by God himself. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? Uh, men rest because of exhaustion but God rests because of completion. Men rest because they're exhausted. God rests because he's completed. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to teach this another time. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. 
Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall bound up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be worried. They shall walk and they shall not faint. <laughs> Those that wait. The wait here is not the typical wait you think. It's not the wait of waiting for a bus or waiting for your Uber cab to drive up. No, the wait here is not um, no activity, no actions whatsoever. No, this wait here is the wait that a waiter waits upon a client, serving, continuing to serve the client, the customer. This is the waiting is talking about about here is the weight of keeping on keeping on is the weight of continuing is the weight of enduring in the, is the weight of I keep on keeping God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love in that you have ministered to the saints and continue to do so there has to be a continuance weary not in well doing for in due season you will reap this is the waiting that is talking about then he says that those that wait upon the Lord they shall renew their strength the word that is translated renew there is actually a word that can be translated exchange. Woo! A divine exchange. So when he says that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, what he's saying is those that keep on keeping on in the Lord shall exchange their strength. They shall give their strength over to the Lord and they shall take on the strength of the Lord and it is only with the strength of the Lord that they are now able to mount up with wings as an eagle. That's how come they can run and not be weary? Who in the natural can run and not get weary? Only he that is functioning from a different power source than a natural power source. That's how come they can walk and not faint? Who can walk and not faint? Only he that is operated from a different power source than a natural power source. Earlier on in Isaiah chapter 40, he says that the young man shall, shall faint and even the youth shall utterly fall but those that wait upon the Lord they will renew their strength they will exchange their strength and they will take on the strength of the Lord oh my dear Apostle Paul understood this and that's why he said in the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 to 10 he says ah he says therefore I would rather boast in my infirmities and that the power of Christ might be made perfect in me my his grace is sufficient for me for my his strength is made perfect in my weakness for when I am weak then I am strong well, Paul make up your mind are you weak or are you strong now we understand what Paul was saying what Paul was saying is by myself I am weak but with the Lord I am strong because at that point in time it's no longer my strength at work it's now his strength at work can I talk to somebody this Sunday morning sometimes the Lord doesn't intervene because you are still trying to do it by yourself and he's waiting till you've run out of strength till there's nothing else you can do and then his strength kicks in can I prophesy to somebody there's a divine exchange in the house this Sunday Sunday morning ah your strength is giving way to your weakness is giving way to his strength in the mighty name of Jesus Paul went further to say in the book of 1st Corinthians and chapter 15 verse 9 and 10 listen to Paul he says for I am the least of all the apostles uh, and I'm not even meant to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church but then in verse 10 he says but by the grace of God 
I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. For I labored, I labored more abundantly than they all. I labored more than everybody else, yet not I. But the grace of God that was with me. What is he saying? He was saying, I labored more than all the other apostles. I wrote the larger portion of the New Testament. I settled contention with the stroke of my pen. I gave strong biblical doctrinal foundations to the body of Christ. I brought Jew and Gentile under the unity of the cross. I counted all things dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. I did all these things. I labored. How did you labor, Paul? He said, yes, I labored. If you want an example of labor, look at me. I was whipped many times to the point of death. Many sleepless nights in shipwrecks, multiple. I was locked up in prison. I was, all sorts of craziness happened to me. I labored. Yet, he says, he says, yet, not I. It's not me, it's not me, it's not me. He says, not I, but the grace of God. What does he mean? He's saying that the source of his strength to do all that he did, to do all of his labor, was not his own, but the grace of God. Can I tell you what? Paul was functioning from another realm. His power source was from another realm. He was functioning from the rest of God. By faith, he did everything that he did from the rest of God. This is where we too must learn to function from. Rest on his word. Like Simon said, nevertheless, at your word, I will go again. And he caught a boat sinking, net breaking harvest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Rest on his character. For he's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he has said it, he will make it good. If he has spoken it, he, he will perform this. For I am fully persuaded that he that has begun this good work in you, he will bring it to completion. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, lean on his character, his faithfulness. Rest on the finished work. Rest on the finished work. It is upon, in this resting upon the finished work that the divine exchange takes place. Engage the divine exchange today. Seize from your labor and enter his rest. Seize from your labor and enter his rest. I said seize from your labor and enter his rest. Hallelujah. There is a divine exchange. It's now. It's here. It's for you. It's for me. It's appropriated by faith. This is the higher level. It's all right. Do the division of labor. Schedule your breaks. But there's a higher level. 
seeing that we have received this ministry by the mercies of God, we faint not. Because our power source is from elsewhere. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast your cares unto me, for I care for you. Let's take a moment to pray right now. I don't know what heavy laden load you are carrying. I don't know the situation, the circumstance that you're facing. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know the details of how deep your valley is. But his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Right now, in the place of prayer with faith, make the exchange. Take on his strength. Give him your weakness. What you call strength is actually weakness. Give him your weakness and take on his strength. I can't do it again. I can't give again. I can't serve again. I can't go again. Come on. Give him your weakness and take on his strength. I'm done. I'm walking out. Give him your weakness and take on his strength. You are never meant to do it in your own strength. You are always meant to do it with his. You are never meant to do it in your own strength. You are always meant to do it with his. Thank you, Lord. 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 Somebody out there, you've been laboring outside of Christ because there's no rest outside of Christ. There's absolutely no rest outside of Christ. You can be a millionaire. You can be a billionaire. You can be a rich, wealthy man outside of Christ. You still don't have rest. The rest is only guaranteed in Christ, particularly in this challenging world that we live in. So you've got to come into Christ to even have access to the rest that I've been preaching and teaching about this Sunday morning. So if you want that rest indeed, this is your moment, this is your opportunity to surrender your life to Christ Jesus. Come on. He says that if you believe it with your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Can you do that this Sunday morning? Repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus... Thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and my Savior. By faith, therefore, I am born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you pray that prayer, guess what? Indeed, you are saved. It's as simple as that. With faith in your heart and the words on your lip, you are delivered. 
We want to see you grow in the Lord. We want you to become established in this new covenant truth and become more and more mature in God. So I want to encourage you to connect with us on any of our platforms or direct message us um, on our email or website and let's get beside you and help you to grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you the glory. I speak to every raging storm in your life right now. Peace be still. I rub onto you and into you oil. Spiritual, supernatural oil. I rub it on you. I rub it into you. And it causes a renewal of your strength. This I particularly pray for those that have been burning out, that are burnt out on the edge of whatever space you are in the burning out process. I decree and declare that by the oil of God, this Sunday, there's a reversal of that situation. You come out. You are refreshed. You are renewed. You are revived. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.